thoroughly researched and engrossing, explores far more than the works of Heinlein, and dives deep into what makes a master storyteller's work function. Tim Niederreiter, acclaimed military science fiction author. Remember the flashlight under the covers? Remember the books you read that way? Remember how many of them were handed to you by a parent, an uncle, a teacher, a family friend who said they'd read it when they were your age? Remember how they made you want to tell great stories if only you could figure out how? Thought-provoking gave me a much deeper understanding of the process and building blocks that Robert Heinlein used. Terry Mixon, author, Empire of Bones. This is the story of 12 of those books and their writer and how they changed the face of publishing and childhood and space travel and more, and how you can learn to do the same. If you want to learn more about crafting stories that have more than a simple storyline, you'll enjoy The Secrets of the Heinlein Juvenile, Travis J. Corcoran, award-winning author of The Powers of the Earth. Go to HeinleinSecrets.com now to get your copy with exclusive bonus chapters and more goodies available only between now and October 6th. That's H-E-I-N-L-E-I-N-Secrets.com. The Secrets of the Heinlein Juvenile. Make your books the ones that parents hand to their children for generations to come. Welcome to The Everyday Novelist. My name is J. Daniel Sawyer, author of nearly 30 books, more than 30 short stories, and numerous articles and scripts and essays, coming to you from up in the crow's nest with my spyglass on this daily voyage through the dicey waters of business, craft, learning, and art in the writing life. Welcome to The Questions, episode 950. Today we have a question from... Christopher, who asks, I have ADHD, which is not usually a problem since I've developed mechanisms to cope with or control it over the years. However, it does leave me with a terminal case of the shinies, which is particularly prevalent when I'm writing. I'll be writing story A when suddenly ideas pop into my head, and I'm writing stories B through F, and stories A get and story A gets untouched for another month. Any help for someone whose brain is frequently his own worst enemy? Um, well, the first thing you could do is write short. Mm. Work on the art of the short story. The art of, because this will give you practice in completing stories. And it will also tr um, help you learn that your ideas are not sacred. Once you know that the idea is not sacred and you know that down in your bones, you get far less shy about indulging the shinies and integrating the different shinies together so that they can set each other off and make a really good story mm -hmm. with the interaction between them. If you haven't hit that point yet where you realize that most ideas are crap and they're not sacred and they're just cool and what makes them special is the way that they're um, implemented or mm -hmm. executed... Until you get to that point, you're going to want to jealously guard everything. And so if you've got a terminal case of the shinies, you're going to be bouncing from pad A to pad B to pad C. But um, if you can get over that, it's a little bit easier to start um, 
jump from pad A, pad B to pad C, and then in pad, on pad D, you look back and you see how they were all going to the same destination. Mm-hmm. Because one of the things that that a scattered consciousness obscures is that your random ideas are rarely random. If, if you're writing story A and you get a brilliant idea for story B, there is some kind of connective tissue that led your subconscious from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. And learning to sort of backtrace that and see how they're connected actually opens up amazing storytelling possibilities for you. It gives you the ability to be the kind of shockingly creative that that people just don't know what to do with. They're like... I don't know how he comes up with this stuff, but it's amazing. Where it's even hard to sort of uh, reverse engineer. Mm-hmm. Stuff like uh, you want to see a writer with major ADHD on the page, read Douglas Adams. <laughs> I was going to suggest Philip K. Dick. And Philip K. Dick and Terry Pratchett, but Douglas Adams especially, because it's so fragmented and yet it all works together. Mm-hmm. Um, it really can be done and can be done with grand style. And to offer another perspective on this, if if the reason you're jumping from story A to story B through F isn't just that you had this sudden idea, but part of you is a little afraid that if you don't do something with that idea right now, it'll go away. Yeah. A lot of writers th- of my acquaintance keep something along the lines of an idea book. A little notebook where they just write down the little random things that come up in the middle of the night while they're doing something else, while they're making their tea, whenever. Mm-hmm. Um, they keep it with them, and it, it's the smallest notebook that they can write in, basically, mm. so that they can carry it with them everywhere. If you've ever read my Suave Rob books, you will recognize the sort of thinking I would have been diagnosed with ADHD had that been a popular diagnosis when I was a kid and I would have been medicated to death and I wouldn't have written anything the way that Suave Rob thinks not necessarily his attitudes on everything but the really hyperkinetic way that his mind goes mm-hmm. adds all stream of consciousness there is no deliberation when writing Suave Rob I just step into the character and run and that's how my mind works so if you want to know how crazy things are in my head read Suave Rob it is a tremendous gift if you learn not to run from it it's like mm-hmm. having a team of wild horses that you can harness up mm-hmm. Um, a lot of what it takes is learning to trust yourself. We live in a very highly ordered and structured society, and it doesn't look that way when you look at it next to, say, the Japanese, mm-hmm. but it is just as highly ordered and structured. It's just that the structure and order comes on a different level. Mm-hmm. And because we have lost our religious sense, we do not have a cultural space that is universally agreed upon for the numinous and the unexpected to intrude. Mm -hmm. Um, It used to be that even, say, in Puritan society, which was highly ordered and highly disciplined, there was that devotional room, which in, in Puritan society was the devotional and the sexual spaces, where everything was 
open. And you'll see this in um, even in Amish societies today. There is a mystical level that goes on in worship and in sex. It's constrained inside of marriage, but in the experience of a sexual relationship where a tremendous amount of anarchy is loosed and enjoyed. Mm-hmm. And that kind of space is really, really important. And the thing about the way that our society is structured is it is structured on every level. And so if your mind does not bend to the structure, you are uh, made sometimes explicitly, but at least implicitly, to feel like you're kind of crazy. You're not crazy. That's the way that humans are supposed to work. We are supposed to make crazy connections between disparate things. And most of those connections are going to be bullshit. But some of them are going to be brilliant. And that's the seed of genius. Learning to trust yourself, at least in the creative space, to trust that the crazy impulses of your half-mad brain are doing something real that reflects a deeper order within you that you are discovering through the crazy impulses. Learning to trust that is maybe the best single tip, the, the best goal to strive for that I can offer for managing a crazy brain. There's other things that it intru- that an ADHD uh, way of being will intrude on, like discipline and whatnot. But it's easier to bring those things into line if you have a really free hand to be utterly chaotic and to trust that the chaos is reflective of an underlying order and to be willing to go and find that order mm-hmm. in your own chaos. When you give yourself that kind of freedom in the one space, it's easier to maintain the kind of necessary order and discipline in other spaces to finish stories and to get them published. Mm -hmm. So that's what I got. I hope it's helpful. Um, I hope that your madness is coincident enough with mine that my experience is somehow illuminating. (laughs) Um, And if it's not, I hope that you find good answers and stumble upon fantastic solutions for yourself. Good luck, Christopher, and thank you for the question. And before we go, don't forget that right now The Secrets of the Heinlein Juvenile is kickstarting at Kickstarter or at HeinleinSecrets.com, which goes to the Kickstarter page. You can hear a sample of it a few episodes ago on this podcast. We'll be doing readings interspersed here throughout the course of the Kickstarter to give you a flavor of what you're in for. You want this version of the book because it will contain material that will not be available to the public for a long time to come yet that closes the circle between juveniles and adult fiction. So be sure to get in on the Kickstarter. Our primary goal is pretty low, and the stretch goals are fantastic. You're going to want this. Thank you very much for your support and the questions, and we'll see you tomorrow. The Everyday Novelist is written by J. Daniel Sawyer and presented by J. Daniel Sawyer and Kitty McKeon and is produced by Artistic Whispers Productions Incorporated. The text is copyright 2021 J. Daniel Sawyer and the production is copyright 2021 Artistic Whispers Productions Incorporated. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License and all other rights are reserved to their respective owners. 
Join the conversation. Submit a question, leave a comment, or a creative death threat. Or find me at jdsawyeronminds.com or hit me at feedback at jdsawyer.net. We can't do it without you.